<laughs> that was fun. I, I hope you enjoyed that. We're just going to chat for just a few minutes as the kids have their celebration uh, to end the week down the hall and, and uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the power of words like the kids have been talking about. Uh, we knew what the kids were going to do long ago, and we also have been talking here at Victory Life about the power of words in our life and the abilities they have to shape our lives, and that's what the kids have been talking about all week. So if you have your Bible this morning, I'd love for you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be in verse 24 and following for just a few minutes. It actually is the lesson that the kids learned on Wednesday of this week. So if you're visiting with us as a VBS parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, we're so glad you're here. Uh, the words to these uh, scriptures will be up on the screen for you today, and you probably have heard them already uh, because they were looking to study their memory verses as they came back into your house. I was looking up the origins of VBS this week just to sort of see where it came from, and I found out that, that officially this is like the 120th year of Vacation Bible School. The first ever VBS took place in New York City in around 1898. They had it at a beer hall. Now, that may be questioned what was closed, that they had to have it at the beer hall. But anyhow, I uh, had it at a beer hall in 1898 to introduce children to the Bible who otherwise were just getting into trouble uh, all summer long. And I don't know about you, but my kids needed to get out of trouble and into church for the last week. And so uh, that's what was the origin. And of course, all over the United States this summer, churches will be hosting these vacation Bible schools because they believe that it is so important and so uh, uh, incredible for kids to have God's word getting into their heart. And why not? Think about the good messages our kids learned this week. Things like God loves you and that we should love one another and that everybody's valuable to God, that God will forgive anybody their sins who asks and that we can partner with God in the world. That's what kids all over the world at VBS are hearing these weeks and they are having words implanted into their lives that give hope and life and joy and peace in a world that can be so ant antithetical to all of those concepts. Now, some of you may be a little bit cynical, and you'd say, oh, well, what can we really accomplish in a week? Uh, what is it that we can do? Well, I'll tell you, these kids are going to hide these words deep in their heart, and they're going to be around forever. I can tell you just from VBS, I know Psalm 23. I know that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. I know 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I know Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I know the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I know all of these things not because I memorized them yesterday. I know all of those things because they were VBS when I was that age. That's where I learned these scriptures. And you say, how long ago was that? Well, Jesse came to me just the other day and said, remember when this was us, Pastor Matt? And I said, yes, 25 years ago, that was us. And I felt old. But 25 years later, those scriptures have stuck with me. And they've given me life and hope and joy and peace in a world that can have storms. Jesus says as much in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and following. And if you had kids coming home from BBS this week, these are one of the, some of the verses that they learned. Will you read with me? Everyone then who hears these words of mine, Jesus said, and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall 
because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Jesus gets to something that's very important for each and every one of us and it's that we base our life on some assumptions. We base our life on some foundations, the things that we believe will make us happy, most satisfied, most fulfilled. For the kids this week, it was winning a Nintendo Switch. If they could bring enough friends to VBS, they could get their name in a hat and, in the draw, and they could pull that name at the end of the week. And if you get that Nintendo Switch, won't your life be happy? I don't know if it's happy for the kids that want it, but I'm sure they believe that it would be. For anybody who's maybe a teenage boy, the foundation of your life right now is if I can just get a hot girlfriend, life will be satisfying, right? And as you're a teenager, you begin to think that thing. As you get into your early 20s, you begin to think, if I could just make some money or finish school, I would be happy, and then that would make me satisfied. But, but as we come into adulthood, there's really four categories that sort of our foundation of life is based in. If I can just make some more money, I'll be happier. That's one of them. If I could just get a little bit higher on the socioeconomic chain, life will be better. For others, it's experiences. If I can just experience a little bit more out of life, have a little more fun, travel to a few more places, do a few more things, then life will be more meaningful than it is today. For others, it's more achievement. If I can just accomplish what I set out to accomplish, whether it's at my work or whether it's somewhere else or whether it's where I create, I'll be happy. That's something worth living for. And of course, many people just say, if I could just have a good family, a, a nice family, a, a, a strong family life, that would be so meaningful to me. And all those things are okay things. In fact, it says in 2 Timothy that God has given us everything in life for our enjoyment. Isn't that nice to know? It's nice to know that God is not upset when we enjoy the good things in life. Because I'll tell you, there's been times that I've had no money and there's been times that I've had some money. I'd rather have some. How about you? I mean, there's been times in my life where I'm bored to tears or having good experiences. Would you rather be bored to tears or doing some fun stuff? There's been times in my life where I felt like I was spinning my wheels and not getting anything accomplished, and there were times in my life where I felt like, yeah, I'm succeeding at something. I'd rather be succeeding at something than spinning my wheels. And there's been times in my life that I felt like family life was not all so good, and, and, and maybe I was estranged or, 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 or not, not seeing eye to eye with somebody, and then there's times when family life is really good, and you're like, ah, isn't this nice to have have a great family. Those things are important. Those things are good principles. Those are neat things to have in this life, but they're not all sure, are they? Not all of those things are always going to be true all of the time. And Jesus gets to the heart of that with this little parable that he told about the houses. He says storms are going to come. Things are going to come into our lives that we go, oh my word, I can't believe this is happening. Rain's going to fall. Winds are going to blow. Lightning is going to strike. And you're going to be going, what happened to all of my plans? Everything that I had laid out. Why aren't things working out? My marriage isn't working out. My things with my kids aren't working out. My money's not working out. My work isn't working out. I haven't had fun in forever. These things can happen. Storms come. Whether they're created just by life itself or whether we get ourselves into trouble with our words and our actions, things can go bad in a hurry. And things can get tough. Jesus gives us a storm warning here in Matthew chapter 7. He says, you're really going to know what kind of foundation your life is on when things get tough. Our kids learn this week that when things get tough, the firmest foundation is God and his word. Because there is truth in it, there is hope in it, there is life in it, there is peace in it that can't be found anywhere else. 
And yes, life can be good when you have more money. Life can be good when you have a good family. Life can be good when you achieve. Life can be good when you're having fun. Those are fine things. But each one of us have hit those moments where the storm has come, and we find out what we're really basing our hope and our satisfaction is in. Our kids are finding out this week and discovering this week that there is a firm foundation. They're the words of Jesus and the words that are found in the scriptures. Somebody that you might think had accomplished a lot in his life was old Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln is known for the Emancipation Proclamation, setting free the slaves in the United States of America. He was the one who preserved the Union so that we still had the country that we're in today. We would look at Abraham Lincoln and go, wow, this guy was one of the top leaders in the history of the world. But Abe Lincoln also knew that storms came. His mom passed away at nine. He was self-educated. He lost a ton of elections. Not only that, but Abraham Lincoln had four children. Two of them did not survive into adulthood. And we all know that it's well chronicled that his wife suffered from mental illness, and he himself suffered from depression. He had a lot of storms that came in his life, so even though he achieved a ton, life was tough at times. He knew about the storm warnings. This is what Abraham Lincoln said about the Bible, and I think it fits right in with where we've been talking about today. Abe Lincoln says, in regards to this great book, I have but to say that it is the best gift God has given to man. All the good Savior, all the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. But for it, we could not know right from wrong. All things most desirable for man's welfare, here and hereafter, are found portrayed in it. One of the great leaders of history looks at the Bible, and you can leave that up, Tina, and goes, this is the book that we need to look to. In fact, the story goes that he taught himself to read on the King James Bible and John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Good luck trying that. I mean, he must have been a genius. I can't even read the King James Bible, and I went to Bible school. It's tough. Abraham Lincoln reads it, and it becomes the very words of life to him. It reminds me of another verse that the kids learned this week at VBS that I learned all those years ago. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lincoln knew that. Look at all that he ascribes to the Bible. He says that we see that there's a Savior of the world who wants to communicate God's love to us. He says that we can know right and wrong from knowing the words in this book. And maybe perhaps the, the greatest statement that he makes about the word of God is that all things most desirable for man's welfare here and hereafter are found portrayed in it. What's he saying? If you want to thrive in this life, if you want to set down your life on principles that will really help you in every arena, you should look to the word of God. Whether it be the way you talk to your family, what well, type of household you're going to have, whether it be what you choose to do and choose not to do, whether it be the ways that you come across to other people, whether it is the way that you handle your money, the word of God has everything necessary for you to thrive in this life. But I love that he doesn't stop there. He uses that archaic term, hereafter. What does hereafter mean? He says, we find in the Bible the answer to what happens to us when this life ends. And it gives us everything necessary for our welfare in the hereafter. Hope for eternity. That when this life ends, we're going to be with God and don't have to fear one thing. That's a lot to be said just from one quote from Abe Lincoln about that book. You can take it down, Tina, but there's this debate that's sort of raging today in our nation, right? 
You see it all the time on news channels, whether or not the Bible in any form is to, allowed to be taught in schools, whether or not the Ten Commandments can be up on the courthouse walls. And people get so fired up on both sides of this Christian, non-Christian, and everything in between. But I want to tell you, there's a debate that's far more important than whether or not the Bible can be displayed in the courthouse or even mentioned in our schools. And it's the debate that's going on inside of some of us here today. And that debate is the debate Jesus brings to the fore in Matthew chapter 7. He says, there's going to be people who hear these words of mine who are exposed to them and who are going to put them into practice and make them the bedrock of their life. And for those people, when the storms come, they're going to be able to weather the storm, regardless of what takes place. But Jesus said there's also going to be people who are going to be exposed to this word. They're going to be exposed to this truth. They're going to be exposed to the life that's found in it. And they're not going to care. And for those people, life can be tough. Now, you may be here today, and you might be consider yourself a Christian. You, you're sitting here today, and you attend church pretty regularly. You like that your church puts on a VBS production like this for the kids. Some of you may be here, and you're, you have an affinity for the church. You might not attend here. You may attend somewhere else. You might not attend anywhere at all, but you love it that kids can come to a wholesome and safe environment and learn positive messages. But what about you? Whether you're a long-time Christian, a sometime Christian, a never-time Christian, or a wouldn't-be-a-Christian if your life depended on it, what about you? There's a debate that Jesus says is happening in you even today because you're being exposed to the Word of God and you're choosing whether or not to make it the bedrock and the foundation of your life's house or not. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself a Christian or not. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself a part-time Christian or a no-time Christian, or not. It's the same for all of us. We can either choose to put our foundation of our life on a solid ground, or we can choose to do things that don't really add up. Maybe assume that life will just get better if we can just have a little more money, a couple more experiences, a little bit more achievement, and a better family. But Jesus challenges us today challenges each and every one of us, regardless of what you consider yourself in this place. He says, those who hear it and don't put it into practice are like a foolish person who builds their house upon the sand. That when the rains come and the winds blow, the house isn't going to stand. Now, I'm not here to call anybody foolish today. That would not be in my heart. But Jesus is trying to give us the light and the dark here. He's trying to give us the truth and the lie. And the truth and the lie is portrayed very clearly. The words of Jesus and the words in the Bible have been giving people life and hope and peace and joy for three millennia. What are you basing your life on today? Where is your foundation? Does it change from day to day, week to week, month to month? Do the words that come into your home and form the vocabulary of your existence really give you life and hope and peace and joy? Or are you just going from day to day, changing it as it goes? I like what old Abe had to say. Everything desirable for our welfare is found in this book. Everything. Everything. And I would challenge you today, no matter how you consider yourself or what stage of life you would consider your faith in, to consider what the foundation of your life is. 
Because I tell you today, there is a firm foundation. There is something that is solid that you can build your life on. It's the words of Jesus Christ, and it's the words that are found in these books. I know a lot of people who are sitting around you today, and they've experienced some storm damage. Their lives have been such that hard things have happened to them. Devastating things have happened to them. Unfair and unjust things have happened to them. Not only that, some of them have been the cause of some of that storm damage. They've damaged their own lives. They've damaged their own families. They've damaged their own workplaces with the ways that they have acted. But here's the beautiful thing about who God is and what he can do. He can take that storm damage and say, let's rebuild because your foundation is intact. Maybe you're in a place today where you need to rebuild. You have suffered some storm damage and you're wondering if your foundation is starting to mudslide away on you. Well, I want to tell you, God is a master contractor and he would love to come in and fix that foundation for you today. He would love to have the opportunity, if you would give it to him, to put your life on the foundation that it was always meant to have. I can promise you that the storms will come and the winds will be there and the rains will be there for all of us in life. But I can also promise if you will put your life in the hands of the one who gave you life, in the midst of the storm, your faith and your integrity and your joy and your hope can remain intact. That's what happens when you have a firm foundation, and that's available to each one of us today if we'll only accept the words of life that Jesus has for us. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, we are honored today that you would see fit to be interested in our lives, that you did not let humanity just go our own way without any kind of interaction, without any kind of revelation. We're blessed today because the story that we read is the story of you coming to us. You didn't wait for us to come to you. You came to us and said, I love you. I want what's best for you. Stop going your own way. I want you to thrive. And I want that for you so much that I will not even spare my own son to make that a reality for you. God, we're blessed today. But that blessing calls us each to a point of decision. Will we base our life on the truth and the life that is found in the words of the good Savior? Or will we go our own way, content to let life come as it may? For you today, seated here, no high-pressure cell, nothing that you have to do to make anybody in this room feel happy. 
but we do want to present a very simple opportunity today. And that opportunity is for you to just say to God in your own way, God, I need to put my life back on a foundation of your words and your truth and your life. Because the storms have come, are here, or will come. And I would rather be close to my creator than far away from him. I would rather have words of life building my home than whatever words I come up with to give meaning and peace. If that's you today, regardless of what you would consider yourself, long-time Christian, non-time Christian, sometime Christian, never-time Christian, does not matter. Jesus' words and his truth can be a foundation for you. If that's you today, I'd like you to tell God that that's you. God, I want to set my life on a firm foundation. And something's going on inside of me right now that's saying, I need to do this today. I need to set my life on a foundation of the word of God and the words of God's son. If that's you and you want to commit to that today, I'm just going to ask you to do something very simple as an act of your will that signifies physically that you mean business with God today. Would you just take your two hands and turn them towards heaven? You can even look up to see what I'm doing. To just say, God, today I want to receive from you all that you have for me. I want that firm foundation. That's awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Are there more of you today? This is your moment with God. It's not your moment with me. It's your moment with God. So many of you today. Yes. Yes. Be honest with him today. God, I want to put my life on a foundation of your word. Praise God. Praise God. So many of you today. An act of faith just to say, God, I need you. I'm ready. Anybody else today, don't miss this moment with him. Don't miss this moment with him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You just keep those hands lifted. I'm going to pray for you right in this moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the way that you're speaking to folks today. No amount of words from a pastor get people to this moment. The Spirit of God knocking on our heart's door gets us to this moment. And God, we need a firm foundation. We need your words, your life, your joy, and your peace to be ours. So God, we're committing today to something that we may have committed to long ago or have never committed to before, and that's to reciprocate. You have offered us the words of life. Now we will learn them and live them because we believe that all things desirable for our welfare are found there. God, I pray for anybody here whose hands are raised today who have never said, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new, and I'll serve you all my days. If that's you today, you just say that to him. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. He'll come into your life and he'll flood in with his life. 
God, we thank you today that you reach out to us. And we thank you today that you've given us a firm foundation. We pray, Lord, that we'd pursue it now with all our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.